Alrighty, we have a lot to unpack in this episode, so I'm skipping an intro entirely. So today we're going to be talking about America's most haunted and terrifying road, Clinton Road. Clinton Road is in New Jersey and is a 10-mile stretch of highway with no houses and is completely surrounded by a dense forest. Along with being one of the most frightening roads to drive down and dangerous, apparently it is also home to the country's longest traffic light. Like, it literally takes forever for the light to change if you're sitting there. <laughs> like, just to turn onto the road. Aw, I feel like we have some of those down here. Yeah, but apparently this one is, like, recorded as one of the worst ones here in America. Oh, God. Like, this is, like, I guess nationally known or something. Which, Damn, that is a nightmare. Yeah, that's already terrifying <laughs> by itself. Like many haunted places, there are a few of those stereotypical legends, and Clinton Road is no different from that. So when you drive down the road, you'll eventually come across the Ghost Boy Bridge. So this bridge was originally built over a large brook, and it's super dangerous to drive over. There have been so many accidents on this road that locals started to call it Dead Man's Curve. Of course, this name is also connected to the Ghost Boy of the bridge. That being said, when I was doing my research, there were two different versions of the Ghost Boy that I found. So one version says that the young boy drowned swimming in the brook underneath the bridge, while another story says that the little boy was run over by a car while he was trying to pick up a coin he found in the middle of the road. Very sad. Very. Yeah. Ghost hunters love trying to summon the ghost boy. I mean, who wouldn't? And there's a couple different ways you can try and summon him. But all these versions have to take place at midnight. Not like the witching hour, which is like 3 o'clock? Nope, it says midnight. Alright, so one of the ways to summon the ghost boy is to go into the middle of the bridge and stick a quarter on the yellow line that divides the roads, and apparently he appears. So that goes along with the theory that he got run over. Now, the second way to summon the ghost boy is throwing a penny over the bridge. And it's kind of funny because if you go to this bridge during the day and look over the side, you will see so many pennies. It's like seriously like a wishing fountain inside this brook. I don't know if that's good for the water or not. Oh, probably not. There's so much copper in there. But I don't think this is really drinking water. It's just, you know, natural. But even so, for, like, the fish and the wildlife that's around there, like, it's getting polluted. I don't know if it's enough to affect the water, really, but still, like... Yeah, I'll show you a photo because there's... <laughs> it was kind of funny looking at it. You just see, like, all these pennies in the ground, and you're just like, oh, man. Wait, is it, like, a running stream? It's like a, a brook. Full on, like... So it's, like, deep enough to where you can kind of swim in, but, like, it's not, like, a river or anything like that. Because mm. I was going to say, like, depending on how fast the current is, it might just Yeah, there, not there's, there's definitely no current. At least I don't think. I mean, I don't personally live there. I've never been there. But <laughs> Clinton Road is definitely one of the places on my haunted road trip that I wanted to go to. Like... It would be so much fun. But I will tell you why it's so much fun with all these creepy legends with it. Because there's so many different legends. I'm sure there's even some that I've missed. Like, there were so many. If you throw a penny over, like, the bridge into the brook, a couple of different things could happen. One, you could see the ghost kid if you're looking over, like, the edge of the bridge. You can see his reflection in the water staring at you. Another one is that he'll try and push you over the bridge as a way to help you avoid getting hit by a car. And maybe try and kill you. I don't know what ghosts try to do when they're bored. And then the third is that he'll throw the penny or coin right back at you. If the ghost is real, one, that's adorable. What, getting a penny thrown back at you? 
Well, just like the little boy, like he pro- he's probably like so lonely over there. He just wants a friend. Like I can just picture a little ghost boy like standing at the edge of the water, like looking at all of the pennies and being like, "I am loved." Oh, fun. and that's a nice little spin to put on it. Yeah, but then it also the second theory of um trying to push you over to get you away from the car. Mm-hmm. That also does sound a little bit familiar with a whole like train track one. Yeah, that's what I was of, saying. Like this is a very stereotypical ghost legend that you'll find in a lot of places. It's less stereotypical. Is there like a hitchhiker one? I thought I saw something, but I didn't include it in my script today. Yeah, because I feel like the ghost boy isn't as typical, like, as stereotypical as the hitchhiker. Look up any ghost road, there's probably going to be a hitchhiker. Whether it's a bride, whether it's a little kid, or whatever. Right, and I think I did see something. It It was like the car is broken down and someone's asking to get in. And then the car's gone and the person disappears. and dry. It was something like that. But that was one I didn't want to include because I thought there's so many other interesting local legends. Mm. It's kind of interesting because New Jersey has this like website and kind of local newspaper article thing. It's called Weird NJ. And that's where people will post like random stories and things that have happened to them that connect with all the local legends in New Jersey. So it's super cool. So I actually got a lot of the facts from this website. And some of the stories of, like, people's encounters. One of them that had to do with the ghost boy I thought was very interesting. And it says, and I quote, Yesterday at 8 p.m., me and my friend Mike were going to a movie at a drive-in. We took Clinton Road. We stopped on the bridge, and he told me all the stories about the boy being killed. So I threw a quarter off the edge, and we drove away. On the way home at 11.30, we passed over the bridge and stopped because Mike wanted to point out the kid's name on the side of the bridge. Just when he said the kid's name, a quarter or something metal was thrown hard against the window of the car. We were shocked for a minute, but then we drove away. I'm not going to that road for some long time. How do you feel about that, Tori? I mean, it would definitely be shocking to have something metal thrown at my car. But at the same time, it's like I would almost be expecting it with the whole legend. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, if I were with you, you would obviously want to put the car in park and go try and see the little boy. 100%, yeah. I just thought it was funny that it was after the drive-in that they were coming back, and when they stopped, they were like, oh, well, let's look at the boy's name, and then it hits the car. It was like hours later after the first time they threw the coin over. Kind of like a recognition of this is the actual boy? I think so. Interesting. Because I noticed there was a couple things that if you say the names or like talk about the incident, that's when it kind of happens. That was a recurring theme in some of the stories. So now, I don't know if that's people just trying to add to the creepiness of the road or if these legitimately happened to them. It could be a way of summoning. Maybe. <laughs> like a specific, like, you say the kid's name, I'm trying to yeah. summon him to get this coin up here or whatever. Goatman, or... this is my bridge now. <laughs> I love BuzzFeed Unsolved. <laughs> Let's move on to the next legend, because there's still some more to go to. And that's the Druid Temple. So Druids are a group of high-ranking religious officials in ancient Celtic cultures, and a lot of the people back in the day would consult with them for advice on spiritual, political, medical, and legal matters. So not the D&D people? I'm, I mean, that's the, uh, the fantasy aspect of, of Druids. Ah. But we're talking about legitimate Druids, not ones that can create, like, thorn and vine things to help you fight a, you know, a Gorgon. Oh, 
but that would be so cool. Oh, it would be, but not the one. Or maybe they were back in the day. Who knows? I mean, they were pretty insane. <laughs> At least the ones that were in uh, the forest in Clinton Road. Because you have to remember, while this is a long stretch of like 10 miles, it's surrounded by this massive forest that's connected to a lot of different places. In this massive forest, you can find the temple that I was saying earlier. And this temple really isn't technically a temple. I'll show you a picture of it in a bit. But it's this giant 18th century furnace that was used to like smell iron and stuff back in the day. Druids used to go inside it because it was that big. And they would conduct human and animal sacrifice inside it. Yeah, so to this day, the giant furnace is still there, but it's fenced off by this giant chain link fence and, you know, a lot of signs saying, you'll be arrested if you come here. How long ago were the sacrifices, you said? Around the 18th century. Okay, so not too bad. Wait, no, that's even... Yeah, that was technically the 1900s. Yes, it was. Yeah, that was recent then, when you think about it. Well, depending if it's early, mid, or late, it could make a huge difference. That's true. So now the next one on our list is called Cross Castle. So, yes, there was a massive castle in this forest at one point. Yes, can we go? <laughs> uh, we can't anymore, and I'll tell you why. Dang. I know. So this castle was built in 1907 by Richard James Cross, and the whole estate consisted of 365 acres, as well as Hank Pond, which is about 77 acres big. So this guy had this massive private estate in the like in this forest. And it was like this cobbled stone giant castle. It was really cool looking. And again, I'll show you the photos and you can you'll see them on Instagram and our Twitter and everything as well. So in 1917, Cross died and his family moved away selling the land to the city of Newark in 1919. The city decided that they were going to sell it off for parts. Like they took the doors, the windows, door handles, anything that was inside. They even took the floors. They ripped off some of the floors from the second story and sold them off to random people that needed parts, lumber or something. That's really stupid. They, they wanted to make money. And then the only thing that was left after the city, like, you know, took everything from the inside was the actual structure itself, like the outside stone walls that formed the castle. And by the 1950s, the castle became a local hangout spot for teenagers to get drunk and party. Oh, of course. Yeah, so they literally went up to the woods in the middle of the night and just drank a bunch. But while this castle was a very popular spot for teenagers and, like, hikers to visit while they were there, it was also extremely popular for a couple other groups, which includes the KKK and Satanists. So to this day, the KKK still hold regular rallies inside Clinton Forest, in the trees and everything around the road. I don't know if there's a Facebook group for this but it's horrible either way <laughs> in like the 1950s and like so on before the castle was torn down entirely teenagers would go up there to go drinking and then they would see like these massive bonfires and they're like dang it the kkk's here now we can't drink and they would leave like it was that regular of a thing as if drinking as a teenager is worse than what the kkk was doing yeah i know but you know dumb people trying to get high and drink and then they would see this and they're like well we can't do this anymore like like they just knew right off the bat when they saw a bonfire like oh it's the kkk gotta go we gotta Sorry, go somewhere guys. else yeah that literally what it was because it would happen so randomly like the kkk frequently went to this castle and to this day they still hold ceremonies there it's insane to me 
Okay, and then there are other times where, like, you know, again, teenagers would go there to drink, and they would see Satanists there. And the Satanists used to hold these other ceremonies where they would all be gathered around in, like, these weird robes, chanting, and they were always doing some sort of, like, animal sacrifice or something around these satanic symbols that they painted onto the walls of the castle and, like, the floors and everything. So, like, this was very much a frequent area people went to. And I imagine I would not want to have my future kids going to a place like that. <laughs> I don't even think I could go to a place like that. Like, oh, my God, that's, that's awful. I think during the daytime it might be cool, but... I would be creeped out at night. Okay, and then there was this one story that was posted on Weird NJ, and apparently a group of kids were drinking, you know, in the woods, and they were around the castle, and then they started to panic because they started hearing weird satanic chanting. It sounded like it was legit from a satanic Bible, and it was in Latin and all this other weird stuff, and they could not see anyone. So they're hearing this, and then one of the girls in the group immediately starts having a seizure and drops to the ground. And all the guys and everyone there are freaking out. And they're like, oh my god, what do I do? So then two of the guys try to pick her up. Because they're like, well, we need to take her to the hospital. And as they go to pick her up, they can't. And, you know, she was kind of like a smaller sized girl. Like, and they said that it felt like this girl was weighed like an anvil, almost. Like something was pressing her down. And then the second the chanting stopped, the girl snapped too and was like, what just happened? And then they were all looking around at each other like, what the hell? That was the weirdest thing. And then they immediately just all left. I would be running for the hills. Well, they're already in the hills. <laughs> Forested hills. Okay, then I would be running back home. <laughs> where there is no chanting like that. Right? Isn't that creepy, though? You have to also ask yourself, why that girl, too? Like, if she was targeted in this group, like, was it because she was the smallest? Did they want to teach them a lesson so they just picked a random person or? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they were just kind of like, get out of my spot. So they just targeted someone random until they took off. Sadly, on July 28th, 1988, the castle was demolished because it was considered to be a nuisance. Even though a lot of people were fighting for it to become like a historical landmark. And the second like they heard that it was going to be torn down, a lot of the people in the city were like, no, 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 we got to keep it up. And then by the time they were finally able to get some people to like evaluate it as a historical landmark... They already had the demolition team there wrecking it and destroying the building. Ooh, that's underhanded. Right? That's sneaky. That's shady. It was owned by the water company. So they were the ones that dubbed, like, a lot of the land. Because, again, this was right next to, like, a big pond that had super clear water that was, like, drinkable. And when they sold it to the city, the water company that was, like, that owned this land were, like, well, now we're having too many people that are, you know, messing with our water, so... Gotta take it down. And when the demolition team knocked down the walls of the castle, the only thing that remained was the basement. And when they looked inside the basement, the walls were covered in satanic symbols. And it just looked like a weird, gruesome, like, death site. <laughs> oh my god, I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of shady things that happened. And a lot of people think that these scary things happened because of all the satanic stuff going on. So now let's get into some of the smaller paranormal things. In 1988, a girl driving a Camaro died in a car accident. Tori, I bet you can see where this one is going. 
Maybe, but tell me just in case. Supposedly, if you talk about the girl that died in the car accident, while driving down this road, you're going to summon her ghost and her ghostly Camaro, and she's going to chase after you. Ooh, headlights. Mm-hmm. But that's not the only ghost car. There is also the ghost of a large pickup truck that will randomly appear and chase you out of Clinton Road. And this has actually happened to a good amount of people. It reminds me of the Supernatural episode. I was thinking about that, too. Yeah. Like, as soon as you said the Camaro chasing, I had that picture in my mind of the pickup truck from Supernatural. And right. And I'm just like, oh, that's super creepy. Like, maybe it's based on it. It's very well, there's possible. there's a pickup truck. <laughs> yeah. And this truck, they said, will literally gun it down the highway after you. And it also kind of made me think of Jeepers Creepers. You know, in the first one, how they're driving the car and the creeper's driving its weird killing van thing and it, like, rear-ends them. So, two ghost cars on one road. Very interesting, don't you think? Maybe they're taking turns when they see people going down the road. Like, all right, I did it last time. You want to do it? Yeah, okay, I'll do it. I did actually see a video on YouTube of these guys being chased by some weird pickup truck on Clinton Road. They were driving down, they're like, okay, we gotta keep talking about it. And, you know, it very well could have been faked. But this thing did kind of look like it was trying to rear-end them. So I don't know if they would let their buddies actually try and do that to their car. But it it seemed kind of genuine a little bit. If you're close enough friends with someone and they're, say, a really good driver, like, then that would be easier to fake. Well, these were a bunch of teenagers. I don't think... They're too, too bright. I don't know. I, you know, my friends that I've known for over 10 years, I would never let them do something like that with me. Like, I I would not want to risk my car. Maybe they pulled, like, a a famous race car driver uncle. And was (laughs) like, hey, we're going to make a lot of money off of this video. And uh, we'll give you some of the money if you help us with this. (laughs) Maybe. Who knows? (laughs) Or it was just a ghost trying to get him. Probably the ghost. There was also an incident where a group of people camping near Terrace Pond, which was like another one of the big ponds in this forest, were confronted by two park rangers at one in the morning. So, you know, the group of like friends, you know, they were drinking, they were being a little loud, but they had all like their camping gears and they parked their cars kind of like at the base of one of the hiking trails there. Because there's a lot of random dirt roads that you can like walk on or drive down throughout it. You know, they thought it was weird that these park rangers were there like at one in the morning. But, uh, you know, they talked to them for a bit, and the park rangers were like, you know, we just want to make sure you guys aren't doing anything you're not supposed to. And the guys were just like, no, okay, like, you know, we're just hanging out, sorry for being too loud. And the park rangers were like, okay, well, you know, um, we'll check back on you guys in a bit. And the group of friends were like, oh, before you go, we have our cars parked at the bottom near the trail. Is that going to be okay if we're there? And the park rangers were like, oh, yeah, that's fine, nothing's going to happen. And they're like, okay, we're not going to get tickets or anything? No, you're good. Okay, awesome. Park rangers leave. And then, you know, they, they go about their time and they go to sleep. And when they wake up in the morning, you know, they pack up and everything. They do a little bit more hiking and then come back to their cars. And they see two police cars ticketing the car that they were all in. And they're like, whoa, like, what the hell? So, you know, they're talking to the cops and they're like, the park rangers we spoke to said that, you know, it was fine to park here. And the cop kind of was looking at him like, What? What what you what park rangers? And, you know, they started telling about the incident that happened last night. And they were like, yeah, you know, the, the park rangers said that it was okay for us to be here. And then the cops were like, well, can you describe what they look like? And then, you know, they're telling them about this conversation. 
And one of the cops goes, that's very weird because we haven't had people patrolling, like, any park rangers, like, here in the forest since 1939. Well, that was a long time ago, and that's not possible because we talked to two last night. And they're like, no, like, we stopped having them here because one of the park rangers died in an accident. So there's this whole local legend that you could run into two ghost park rangers that apparently died in some incident. That's a little bit odd to me because how can two park rangers, like two ghosts, come from a story of one dying in an accident? Like that doesn't make sense as much. Right. So then I was thinking now that it could have been, you know, maybe just two random weirdos that were out there trying to mess with them or something. I don't know. Could be. But then again, why would you have two park ranger outfits in the back of your car waiting to mess with someone? (laughs) Either way, it was a very odd incident that was reported. Was the legend there before the campers? Yes. So then that still wouldn't make sense. Like, I don't know. To me, it's still kind of baffling how a story of one death, unless they were like best friends or like lovers. I don't know. It's possible there were two, but from what I read, that it it was just one park ranger that died in an accident. But these guys at their campers are saying there were two. So maybe there was another park ranger that died. And I don't even know what the accident was or how this park ranger died. I couldn't find anything on that. Yeah, and like I said... I know that there are stories of a person not dying in a place, but their ghost still haunting it because they have such a connection to it. Maybe it was a best friend or the partner of the guy that died. It's possible. Who knows? Or maybe it was just someone that died in a completely different year. Still a park ranger, though? Still a park ranger, though. Because you know, the clothes (laughs) that you die in are your ghost clothes. That's true. Oh, man. If I were to die right now, I'd be in shorts and a blue shirt. We would be matching black pants and uh, blue shirts. Yeah, but you also have like an ace bandage on your foot, so you would have that in your ghost clothes. Very true. Yeah. And my hair would would be wet. I don't want that. You'd be like one of the lady in the lake ghosts. (laughs) Except you're not soaking. Everyone's just like, why is your hair damp? (laughs) I just took a shower, okay? (laughs) It's not dripping wet, but it's not dry. You're kind of weird for a ghost. Why is it that middle in between? (laughs) Oh my god, that would be the funniest ghost story. (laughs) It really would, actually. Okay, well, let's go back to some of the other stories. Another really big thing with Clinton Road is the strange animal life. One of the biggest ones is that there is a hellhound wandering Clinton Road. Yeah, they call him Wolfie. Wait, only one? Well, just one hellhound, but there are... No. What do you mean, no? Hellhounds are supposed to come in threes. Well, that's kind of funny because there have been three different weird wolf sightings. If you want to count the hellhound in that. I say that's going to be a stray hellhound. All right, sure. I didn't know it was a pack thing, but alrighty. Did somebody die after the three sightings? Uh, not Was it one person that had the three sightings? Not to my knowledge. It was three separate encounters. Damn. Yeah. Okay, then never mind. All right, but let me tell you about this hellhound wolfie. A lot of people have seen this thing. Like, driving down the road, they said they would see these weird, reddish-yellow glowing eyes staring at them through the woods. And it'd be, like, a quick thing. And every time someone saw this, it was, like, you know, immediately chills down your spine. It's so terrifying. A group of eight people were driving in this, like, you know, giant minivan, I guess, or a truck. I don't, I don't know. It had to have been a, a big car for eight people to fit in it, is what I'm trying to get at. 
They said, you know, they, they were driving down there because they wanted to check out some of the local legends and all the creepy stuff. Of course. Right. They ended up seeing this dirt road while they were driving. So they're like, oh, let's go check it out. And, you know, it's the middle of the night. So they drive down this road, and through the headlights, they see this really big creature walking towards them. And they can't really make it out, and it's not anything that they've really seen before. They said its body didn't quite look like a normal wolf, but it wasn't like, you know, like a tiger or something. They said they started to kind of turn their car around, and then that's when the creature was kind of like walking around the sides of the car. And they still couldn't get a good look at it, but they could hear it. And all eight of these people were like, oh man. And then the driver guns it. So he's hightailing it back to the main road. And he's going like 60 miles an hour down this dirt road. And this thing is right on their tail. I don't know a creature that can move 60 miles an hour that's not like a cheetah. Well, and even then, cheetahs have like, they can only sprint that fast for... A very, very short amount of time. Right. And this thing falls them for a decent amount of time. They eventually burn out on the Clinton Road, like, you know, hitting right when they hit the actual pavement, they spin out and just speed off, going, like, even faster. And at this point, they kind of lose the creature, but they get pulled over by a cop. <laughs> and the cop's like, what are you guys doing? You're driving dangerously down a dangerous road to drive down. Like, there's so many twists and turns down this road as well. And they, of course, didn't see it anymore. And then they were all panicked. And the cop was like, is everything okay? And then they're like, yeah, everything's fine. And the cop gave them a ticket and they left. (laughs) See, my mind with that automatically goes to what was the hellhound protecting? So apparently there was another local legend that there's a gate of hell there. Bingo. Right. So the hellhounds that I know from mythology... They usually come in pairs of three, and they're always protective of these gates of hell, which are usually in cemeteries. Mm -hmm. And if you see them three times, your death is imminent. You will die within 24 hours. Dang. Well, let me tell you about some of the other doggy sightings. Another sighting included seeing a um, a ghostly floating dog. Zero? Sounded like that. But this thing was also super quick and was flying alongside a car. But it had no legs. It was just floating. And there was also reports of a giant white wolf with red and yellow eyes. Three different animal sightings and you do have your gate of hell. That is really curious because those are three different dogs. One kind of makes me think of literally a plain fast ghost dog. Yeah. Like Zero from Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> right. But then the white one makes me think of Ghost from like a dire Game of wolf? Thrones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Hellhound, but there's no scorch marks on the ground. Right. I'm assuming it was probably like dark fur or something. I don't know, because they said it was hard to make out, but they could still see the outline of it. Three different doggy encounters. <laughs> and... That can kind of contribute to something else, because there's also been reports of monkeys running around the forest. In fact, one lady, while she was on a hike, saw a bunch of, like, baboons in a tree, and this is actually very possible, and let me tell you why. Connected to the forest was this old place called Jungle Habitat. Jungle Habitat was one of those drive through safari places in the 1970s. Wait, they had drive through safaris? Yes. So Can I pet a cheetah? 
well, if you wanted to be like the dumb people back in the 70s, go ahead, but you're going to get hurt. Because let me tell you about some of the incidents that happened in Jungle Habitat. So Jungle Habitat was kind of like Jurassic Park. And when it first opened, there was like this huge line of cars waiting and it blocked traffic so horribly and it made the news and people were mad because they couldn't get to, you know, to where they were going because everyone was trying to go to Jungle Habitat and they used to air like these crazy ads for it because... You would literally drive your car down this giant open area through the forest and you would see lions, bears, all sorts of like exotic animals like ostriches and things like that just roaming the park. There was this one incident where a 26-year-old tourist rolled down his window to get a better look at some of the animals but didn't see two lions approaching him. And one of the lions decided to scratch his face and shoulder. And this guy was bleeding out in his car. And that was one of the biggest incidents that made the headlines. And then, of course, there was a taxi cab driver that was driving through that had a bunch of meat that he brought and was trying to feed a lion. And the lion mauled the guy through the car. There was a lot of issues with this park back in the 70s, which, by the way, it was owned by Warner Brothers. (laughs) It had horrible management. By the end of 1972, a lot of animals escaped this habitat. A lot, Tori. So many. A pack of wolves escaped, a lion, ostriches, monkeys, and that's just some of them. That, that's not even including some of the smaller things. Clearly, there was a huge problem with the management and the containment of all these exotic animals, and they didn't have proper procedures to say, don't roll down your windows so you don't get mauled by lions. Well, even then, with the taxi driver, I feel like the lions could have easily broken the windows like they smell meat they're hungry they want food yeah. this guy rolled Nothing's down the window with the meat in his hand and was like come here pretty lion come here yeah okay lions are not things that you hand feed you take a piece of meat and you throw it right. as far as you can yeah he was trying to get it to come closer to him he probably wanted to pet then the lion he's a, then he's an idiot yes that that's my point in all this. Like, there were not proper procedures and ways to help people, you know, be smart about this. But then there's also, there's always going to be idiots, even in zoos, that, you know, want to get a better picture so they hoist their kids above the thing and then the kid falls into the gorilla pit right. and gets taken care of by the gorilla, but then the gorilla gets shot. R.I.P. Harambe. I know. So sad. So back to the story, though. There was actually one time where someone that lived in a home nearby, like, there were no homes alongside Clinton Road, but, like, one of the homes that was connected to the forest, that was connected to Jungle Habitat, that was connected nearby to Clinton Road. Whole train of events. Um, (laughs) But one of the homeowners said she looked in her backyard one morning, and there was just a group of ostriches just hanging out there. And that's when she knew. She was like, that must be from Jungle Habitat. And then a Jumanji incident happened where a group of baboons raided a local pharmacy. The fact that a woman taking a hike down Clinton Road and seeing a group of baboons is not surprising because so many animals escaped, and it really wouldn't surprise me if they all, you know, started reproducing and just living in this massive forest. When did they escape and when was Jumanji made? So they escaped in the 1970s. Jungle Habitat closed in 1976 because... Of one major issue, lions and, you know, the carnivorous animals were killing the other animals in the exhibit. 
And there is a law saying when an animal dies, you have to bury it within 48 hours. Well, the owners couldn't do that because they were hungry man-eating animals there, so they couldn't bury them. So they started to get sued, and, you know, and families were being traumatized because they were taking the little ones, come look at the animals, and there would just be this giant elephant carcass next to the road. Eventually, the place shut down. So Warner Brothers sold off all the land, and some of the animals were taken to different locations, except the ones that all escaped. Throughout the seven-ish years, Jungle Habitat was open, which the pack of wolves could kind of go into... Some of the hellhound theories. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. Because wolves are big. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, they're not dire wolf big like the white wolf and... Right. Or like the white wolf in the story that you said but previously. when you see a wolf, it could have been someone that was like, you know, they're panicking, they're freaking out. They see this big animal that they're not used to seeing. And they could have said, they could have thought it was bigger than it actually was. But I understand why the park closed... It's also stupid that it was due to a law and and not the animals actually getting out. Oh, no, out. That, that definitely played a part into it, but the reason it closed was because of the dead animals. I, I think they were looking for a bigger reason to bust them to shut it down. Bigger than, you know, lions the security escaping. of their citizens because lions and wolves are escaping? Baboons robbing pharmacies. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Okay. But seriously, when was Jumanji made? Uh, 80s? 80s? Yeah. That would be really funny if Jumanji was actually based off of this incident. I'm sure it played a part. It was the 80s or 90s, I want to say. I can't. I have to look it up. Okay, so now let's go back to Clinton Road. Clinton Road is also known to have a lot of UFO sightings. So along the water, people have spotted numerous, Tori, numerous flying saucers at different time periods above the ponds and things, and they would always see these weird flashing red and blue lights coming from the water itself. So it wasn't like police on the side of the road. It was like flashing blue lights coming from the water. And there have also been reports of weird humanoids walking throughout the woods, like kind of like the rake and things like that, like those type of sightings. And there's more. There's a small albino village of people living in the Clinton, like the woods in the Clinton Road. And there's also reports of a small little house inside the forest, home to a bunch of cannibals. All bunch of different stories. I wish we had more time to talk about and dive into details of some of these things. But that's just hitting the head along this 10-mile stretch of road into this, surrounded by, like, you know, this vast forest. Just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Out of all the weird paranormal things that happened in Clinton Road, there was one story that is 100% true. But it's not really paranormal. It's just a creepy thing that happened. <laughs> One day, a man was riding his bike along Clinton Road when he noticed a large bird flying out of the woods towards him. Very large bird. He quickly recognized it as a vulture. And he was like, why did a vulture just fly out of the woods? So he decides to go over, you know, set his bike down. He starts walking along, like, pushing trees and bushes out of the way. And he discovers a body bag. So he goes closer to it opens it up, even though it's kind of partially torn open already, and he finds the dead body of a uh, partially frozen man that's been picked alive by birds and has also been a victim of foul play. He runs back to the road, flags down a car, tells the car what he saw, and they call the police. And the police come, 
they find out that the man is named Daniel Deppner. Daniel is a car thief who was tied to the mafia in Rockland County, New York. And it was eventually revealed that Daniel was the victim of Richard Kalinsky, who is also known as the Iceman. And the Iceman was a hitman for the mafia who killed anywhere between 100 and 250 people, including some of the like, very famous mafia heads of families. And so this guy, this petty little car thief, that was, I mean, he had ties to the mafia, was one of his victims. And they called Kalinsky the Iceman because he used to freeze the bodies after he killed them, and some of like the internal tissue and like the blood would freeze, and it would throw off examiners back like in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, because they didn't have as good DNA testing. Right, and well, you know, it kind of messed with the bodies, and they were trying to determine when the person died, but because the body was frozen, it threw off all their tests and everything. So he got away for a while. And this guy, they said, was like a one-man army that the mafia would hire to take out other mafia family members. And he would kill them in super gruesome ways. And I could really dive into this guy, but we're not a true crime podcast. So we should go back to more of the paranormal stuff. <laughs> just a little side note. I just pictured the dad from Boondock Saints. Yes. But they actually did a movie called The Iceman with Michael Shannon in it. Who played um, That does kind of sound familiar, yeah. Yeah. I want to say the movie came out around like 2012-ish. Pretty intensing. So out of all the things in Clinton Road, this is the one confirmed... <laughs> true thing <laughs> and of course it's the most realistic because it's not paranormal like a little ghost kid or right. wait not even the animals from the park are oh well no i mean that's confirmed but i, okay. I was talking more of like the like the <laughs> hellhound the um the i was ghost about to kid. say how is that not confirmed oh yeah no definitely animals escape <laughs> from jungle habitat 100 percent so now, while I'm sure there are some other small legends I didn't talk about, Tori, what are your overall thoughts on America's most haunted and terrifying road? <laughs> I want to go during the day. <laughs> I want to go at midnight. <laughs> yeah, fat chance that I will ever be going with you at midnight. That's why it's on mine and Travis's haunted road trip list. That's one of the things, and it's in New Jersey. And while we're in New Jersey, we can hit up the Jersey Devil and the Pine Barrens. Oh, God. Yeah, because he's going to do you guys some great favors. Yeah, actually, that's another episode I want to do is on the New Jersey Devil. Yeah, the only one I would want to see out of that is probably the little kid because he seems really sweet. And no, I would not go for the puppy, the hellhound, because of that three strikes you're out rule. Gotcha. But I don't want to see it three times. I see it once, it will probably growl at me. And then I'll have to close my eyes for the rest of the trip. But isn't that insane with all the amount of things happening on this road? There is so many. I mean, it's the forest around the road, but like, it's insane the amount of stuff. I mean, the cults and the kids, they do make sense in that castle. Yeah. You had druids, Satanists, and the KKK all performing different ritual sacrifices and things and ceremonies. Pagan, Latin, and Christian. Yeah. All that energy must have been messed up. And apparently a gate of hell there. Oh, yeah. There's gates of hell, like, in a lot of places. Yeah. And then when I go back to it, there are a lot of weird, like, paranormal legends where it's like, you know, gates of hell 
have and attract all the weird paranormal things. Hell, I think according to the Percy Jackson series, the Hollywood sign is a gate to hell. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I look at Buffy the Vampire Slayer and um, the town she, what was it, Summersville? Mm -hmm. That was uh, literally a gate gate of hell. hell, yeah. Yeah, and that's why there was always so many monster attacks there, because it attracts all the paranormal things. I, I don't know. It's just very interesting with the amount of stuff. You have UFOs. You have hellhounds. You have ghosts. You have serial killers <laughs> and all sorts them, of things. Some of them I do believe, but aliens... Like, I know that there are aliens out there, but it just seems like this road is just too cliche. It has everything. Right. Like, okay... The animals, I believe. Hellhounds, yeah, if there's a portal to hell, I'll believe it. The dead body of the Iceman, yeah, I'll believe it. Aliens, eh, because of everything else. You think it's just too much? (laughs) I feel like it might just be people adding to the creepiness Mm -hmm. without any facts. It's very possible. I mean, again, these are all just stories and supposed eyewitness encounters. Still, it adds to the legend and the lore of Clinton Road. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoy this episode. I had so much fun doing all the research <laughs> on it because this is a place that I legitimately want to go to one day. Awesome stuff. Thank you guys so much for listening and uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and all that, Nine Yards. Tor, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, well, thank you guys for sticking along for this whole ride and... You know, even past this, because we're not even done with a lot of these episodes. Comment if you have any area that you want us to cover. We will gladly do research on it. We will talk about you. I know I'm really excited about the next episode that we're going to do. So, yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah, and if you've ever been to Clinton Road, feel free to message us your stories on Instagram or Twitter. (laughs) Like, please let us know, because... So awesome, and I love this road so much. But all right, we'll see you guys next week. See ya.